Ashley Brock, reading Allison Lee's book, Once Upon a Proposal, Chapter 13. Bobby, this is my attorney, Ray Clinton. Bobby managed a nervous smile and shook Gabe's lawyer's hand. Pleased to meet you. They were standing outside the courtroom, waiting to go inside, where Stephanie, her husband, and the children were already seated. A middle-aged man peered so closely through his bifocals at Bobby that she couldn't help worry that she wanted the completely wrong thing to a child custody hearing. You're younger than I expected, he finally said. Bobby felt herself blush, but she managed to smile. Sorry, she might have been able to take Tommy's advice that her new slate gray skirt suit was the infinity of conservative and responsible looking, but she couldn't add on years that she didn't possess. Don't let her age fool you, Gibson. She's the new director of Golden Building. Oh. Ray cast another look at her, as if he were mentally adding that factor qualification as Gabe's fiance and prospected stepmother to the children he was there to fight over. Interesting. Bobby kept her smile in place. It wasn't easy, though. She still could barely believe that she accepted the position that Fiona had offered, not even after having spent most of the previous day with her at the hospital taking a virtual crash course and running a non-profit. For now, the plan was for her to be in an administrative office on Monday. Fiona was supposed to be released from the hospital by then, and she would spend an hour at the agency with Bobby each afternoon. The idea still took some getting used to, though Bobby had to admit it wasn't as terrifying as she expected it to be. And her sisters and mother have been possibly thrilled when she called to tell them the news. They'd each even claim that they weren't surprised by the turn of events at all. The court clerk stuck her head out into the hall, catching their attention. We're ready, she chimed brightly. Bommy suddenly felt a wave of nausea. She brushed her hands down the front of her suit and reminded herself that she was there for appearance only. Gabe grabbed her hand, though, as they entered a courtroom that was hardly large than her own living room. She took a seat in the row of seats behind Gabe and folded her hands in her lap, trying to smile naturally at Lizette and Todd, who were sitting pale-faced and fidgeting behind their mother alongside a tall, good-looking man that Bobby assumed was their stepfather, Ethan. She knew the children had already spoken privately with Judge Gaynor in his chambers before hearing had begun. You could only imagine how hard that had been for them. Were children supposed to have to choose one parent over another? She inhaled and looked forward again at as the judge, a short, gray-haired man, entered the courtroom and took a seat behind a wide desk. Fingers nervously twisted the diamond ring on her finger while the court clerk read off their purpose there, and then uh, then was a matter of sitting silently while Stephanie's lawyer recounted all the reasons why Stephanie and Ethan should be allowed to retain full custody of the minor children, Todd and Lizette. After a while, even the judge started to look bored, or at least that was Bobby's hopeful impression. And then it was Gabe's turn, and she held her breath, watching him approach the stand, which in this case was simply a hard back chair sitting next to the judge's desk. Like Ethan, he was wearing a charcoal gray suit, and in that moment, he looked much more like his name. should be on the mast ahead of the Gannon Law Group, rather than a man who usually wore a hard hat and work boots, with a row of building plans rested over his shoulder. Across the courtroom, his gaze met Bobby's for a moment, and then he was looking back at his lawyer as Ray started speaking. Twisted her hands more tightly in her lap until the diamond was cutting an impression into her palm, and she forcefully relaxed him. She didn't know how Gabe could manage to look so calm and controlled when she knew beneath that smooth surface he was even more wound up than she was. 
Your Honor, Mr. Garen has provided his dedication to, proved his dedication to his children, he said so. He's relocated here to Seattle at some professional cost his company. Gannon Morris. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Stephanie Sawyer interrupted. Gannon Morris expanded by Mr. Gannon's relocation here. Their profits are higher than ever. We've copies of Gannon Morris' limited financials. If Judge would. No, thank you. Contender Mr. Chilton. Ray smoothed down his tie. He continued pacing in front of the judge. My client has adjusted his entire life to allow for more time with his children. His standing in the community is well known. His character references that you've already reviewed are impeccable. There's no reason to believe he's unfit for joint custody with Miss Walker. Stephanie Lawyers rose again. What about his fabricated engagement to marry Bobby Firechild for the sole purpose of making himself look less than made about town and more like a more suitable parent. Bobby went still her eyes meeting gates again as expression didn't change my mind. There's nothing fabricated about it, he said evenly. The other lawyer leaned over while Stephanie whispered in his ears and straightened again. You met Miss Fairchild only a few weeks ago, isn't that right? Your Honor, Ray started to protest with Judge with his hand. Suddenly looking far more interested and he leaned on his arm, directing his attention toward Gabe. Where he sat beside the Mr. Garen. Yeah. Yes. I met Bobby a few weeks ago. She went to my grandmother's carriage house, and I was doing some repairs there. Bobby couldn't help holding her breath, though she knew there was simply no way any of these people here besides Gabe and herself can know just exactly how that first meeting had gone. Must have been web at first sight then, Stephanie's attorney, drawing mockingly. Other than a slightly lifted eyebrow, Gabe did respond to the goat. My client doesn't make a habit of casual relationships, Ray said. We're serious ones, they all heard Stephanie Miller. Control your client, Mr. Hay Hayward, the judge said calmly. Sorry, Your Honor, Stephanie. Sorry, Your Honor, Stephanie's lawyer quickly apologized. The gray-haired guy's lips twisted a little. Looked back again. When do you plan to marry this woman? Bobby held her breath again. We haven't set a date. Gabe said, which was true. My grandmother recently had a heart attack and is still in the hospital. Naturally, that takes precedence at the moment over wedding planning. And your fiancé understands, Mr. Hardway said, again sounding mocking. Bobby's the most understanding woman I know. Gabe returned his gaze matters across the courtroom. The judge tapped his pen against his desk for a moment, then he straightened in his chair again. I see no why. Reason why Mr. Garen's engagement should adversely affect my decision here today. In fact, both Todd and Lizette had positive, th positive things to say about her. Notwithstanding the judgment of children, Mr. Hayward said, since Miss Fairchild is going to be the stepmother of my client's children and therefore involved in some extent in their caretaking, perhaps we should hear from her. Your Honor, Miss Fairchild's character isn't in question right now, right? Perhaps it should be. Hayward suggested sulkily. Bobby wanted to sink through the floor when the judge cast her spectacle. Look. Presumably, you are the fiancé in question. He nodded. He just come up here then. Your Honor, this is highly irregular. And it's my courtroom, Ray. The judge reminded Gabe's lawyer testing. So I'd like both of you and Luke there to shut up and sit down. And I'll ask questions that I figure need answering. But that's all right with you. Both lawyers abruptly said, Come on up here, Miss Fairchild, is it? The judge glanced at his clerk, who nodded, <laughs> certain that everyone would be able to see her knees knocking together below the modest hem of her skirt. Bobby went forward. The clerk popped up from her chair, 
looking annoyingly cheerful and perky and swearing. Have a seat, judging by Mr. Garen. Mr. Gannon, you're gonna step now. Gabe rose and Bobby met his gaze as she moved around him to take the cherry just vacant. It's okay, he murmured. But what exactly that he knew she was gonna blow everything for him? She swallowed the knot in her throat and sat down, stared mutely at the judge. That's a nice ring, he offered. Startled, she looked down at the diamond saucer. Thank you, her finger. I think it is. I think so too. That at least was the god honest truth, he smiled a little. Family court is nerve wracking place to be most times. She shot Gabe quick glance, who was sitting beside his lawyer, his Lou gay steady on the face. I imagine so. I've never been in a courtroom before at all. Most people will consider that fortunate. The judge tapped his opinion. Tell me about yourself. Um, your age, your profession, that sort of thing. Their shoulders relaxed a little. 27, and I've just accepted the position of director of, at Golden Ability. It's a canine assistant agency here in Seattle. You know, I've heard of it. Now glad she was to say that rather than she was a lonely clerk at between the bean. Not that she was ashamed of her time working at the coffee shop, but even she knew clerk didn't exactly smack of responsibility and capabilities the way director did. I'm also a puppy raiser for the agency, she added, which essentially means that I foster pups that eventually go on to become assistant dogs of one type or other. I've done that for about ten years. Jed was running. Pretty steady work, sounds like. And she lived in Seattle for a while then. Born and raised. For our marriages of children. She said that. No. Excuse me, Your Honor. Somebody's Lord Rosen. But our understanding is that Mrs. Fairchild was previously engaged. Bobby realized that she could just keep her focus on Gabe's face. She didn't feel quite so nervous. That's true, she laughed. She flicked the lance at the judge. I was briefly engaged to Lawrence McKay. The council member? What happened? She felt a flush working up her throat. We realized we weren't right for each other. She moistened her lips, waiting for some reminder at any second of the public nature of that political event, but thankfully none came. He since married someone else, and I'm sure they're much better suited. She had a, I had a broken engagement myself before I met my wife, Jeff said, casting a censorious look towards Stephanie's table, then had the lawyer subsiding in his seat once again. A broken engagement usually has fewer consequences than a broken marriage. I ought to know, he added with obvious irony, and he tapped the spin of you with him. What do you think of your fiancé's children? Bobby relaxed a little more. They're wonderful, of course. Right and imaginative and well-mannered. <laughs> Would you be able to pro provide discipline if it were necessary, if they weren't so well-mannered after all? Or do you think a step-parent's position shouldn't extend into that area? I'm afraid I don't know how to answer that. She twisted the ring of her finger. Todd and Lizette have a mother who loves them. I certainly have no expectations of replacing her. That doesn't mean I couldn't love Todd and Lizette as well. She knew that she already did. She swallowed again, searching carefully for two points. If there was some situation where I had to assist, assert my authority, I'd like to believe that I could. And as far as you're concerned, your engagement is not, as Mr. Hayward has implied, manufactured simply to help Mr. Garen's case here today. Gabe's nerves tight to a screaming point, screaming pitch. He looked across to Bobby, whose gray eyes were so wide they dominated her pale, arcade face. He laid orders and resolved this now. He whispered harshly, but she said, I can't. Gabe looked at Bobby again, which the hell, 
and back again that he never tracked her into this. She was in agony. Everyone there could see it. Then her gaze dropped to her lap. She moistened her lips, then looked to her side, looked to the side of the judge. I'm wearing this diamond ring for only one reason, she said in a low voice that was nevertheless perfectly audible, perfectly clear. Because I'm in love with Gabriel Gannon. The room was so silent he could hear his heart pounding in his ears. She'd always said she wouldn't lie for him in court, and he knew in that moment that she hadn't. The pain nodded inside his chest as he willed her to lift her head, to lift her gaze back to him, but now she wouldn't look at him at all. That's not exactly an answer to your honor's question. Stephanie's lawyer was the first one to speak into the into the hushed silence upon Bobby's husky mission. Gabe saw Bobby's lashes flutter as she looked back down at her hands. It's answer enough, he said gruffly. She's not here to be picked apart just because my ex-wife is still mad that I wasn't the kind of husband she wanted. Bobby's lashes flew up her gray yard so Counselors, it seems to me that neither one of you can control your clients very well. The judge commented, yelling to Bobby. You can step down, Miss Fairchild. I know what I need to know. She nodded jerkingly, rose from the chair and headed to me. I'm sorry, she was good. I suppose you're gonna make sure that Huntcom takes this out on Ethan now, Stephanie accused Carly. What a perfect little fiance gave pig. If the court doesn't roll his way, he can have you ruin my husband's career. Either way, he wins. The judge hopped, clearly irritated, picked up his gavel, slammed it once hard on his desk. Enough! Bobby just shook her head, looking at the other. There's no winning here, and you don't know Gabe as well as you claim if you think he's stooped to that level. Since you don't know me at all, I suppose I can't blame you for thinking it'll be a party that I'd be a party to it. She looked at Ethan. But you work for Hotcom, and you should know they don't operate that way either. Their name shimmied over Gabe's. She looked back at the judge. I'm sorry for speaking out of turn. Everyone else has. He smacked the gavel again. Everyone out except Mr. Gannon and Mrs. Walker and their legal representation. Come on, kids. Ethan rose and began scooting Todd and Lizanette out of the courtroom. Gabe saw Bobby's teeth sink into her lip, and then she too was heading toward the door, leaving what she feared that she ruined things for him. Couldn't let her go. Not like this. He went to follow. Where are you going? Ray clamped his hand on his shoulder, but Gabe shrugged him off. I have to talk to her. If you walk out now, you're going to piss off the judge, Judge Gaynor even more. Is that what you want? Gabe looked from his lawyer to the judge and finally landed on his ex-wife. You know this is wrong, Steph. I'm sorry I hurt you, that I wasn't the husband you needed. You still need to punish me by taking my kids away yet again? Even though you know, even though you now have, with Ethan, everything you ever used to want, then I guess you've got to do what you have to do. His dough felt tight. But I won't ever stop fighting for them. They're the only thing you and I did right together. And I wish to God that you could see that we could still do one more thing right together by raising them jointly. He looked for Stephanie's stone-faced expression back to the judge. Right now, my future is walking out that door, and if I let her go this time, I'll have nobody to blame but myself. Bobby's heels rang on the tilted corridor outside the courtroom. All she could think of was escape. <laughs> right about Huntcom. 
You nearly scared it to a stop when Ethan suddenly spoke. He's the only one who maintained his silence inside the courtroom. Now he's looking more than a little pained as he stripped his hand over Lynette's head. Everyone who works there does so on their own merit, and that's all that's ever mattered. I've tried to tell Steph that, but she just can't see reason when it comes to Gabe. Bobby lifted her hands, feeling futility in every breath she took. I'm sorry, Bobby. Well, that was giving her a worried look. Is that judge really going to say we don't get to see Daddy anymore? That's not what this is about, honey. Ethan assured her softly. Bobby pressed her lips together for a moment. Ethan's right. She finally managed. She looked at Tatu. You're always going to be able to see your dad. We'll make certain of it, even if you do move back to Switzerland. <laughs> Which, thanks to her miserable performance for the judge, was surely going to be happening. She pressed a kiss to Lynette's forehead, then to Todd, who ducked his chin shyly. He loves you two more than anything, you see? And your dad won't let anything stand between him and the ones he loves. And then because she didn't think, she could hold back her tears a second longer. She straightened and found Gabe standing there. She inhaled sharply. You're supposed to be in the courtroom. The judge ordered a recess. His hands were balled in his pockets. Blue eyes were stuck. You didn't lie. A tear burned his face from the corner of right. I told you I wouldn't. You couldn't even if you wanted to. Bobby was vaguely aware of Ethan silently moving Lizette talk further down the empty corner. I wanted to, she whispered. You gave me from knowing that you love me. Fresh egg kicked through her. No! She twisted her arms around her waist, trying to still were quaking. She jerked her chin toward the court to make them believe we were real. They believe it, he said quietly. But I didn't tell them that. You didn't have to. He pulled his hands out of his pocket and slowly closed the distance between them. When he lifted his hands to stroke his finger down her face, she realized they were trembling just as badly as she was. All you needed to do was be you. His jaw cocked to one side for a moment and said again, I knew all along that you were someone remarkable. I just didn't let myself face how much you meant to me. So you were walking out of the courtroom. I was suddenly afraid that you would keep on walking. God knows I've given you a reason. Bobby's vision blurred. Her heart leaped into her throat. She tried to speak, but the only thing that came out was a garbled game. Some slowly trailed along her tongue. I'm sorry you ever had to answer the judge like that. But I put you in a position where you had to justify anything about yourself. You didn't know. She managed to do I should have, but whatever happens in that courtroom, I can deal with it as long as I know I haven't lost you. His eyes stared freshly into hers, as if he were trying to see all the way to her soul. Have I lost you? She covered his hands with her own, drew them away from her face to slowly press a kiss to his palms, and then she looked up at him again. This time it was it was she who was seeing through to his soul. It was right there, open and bare, just as uncertain of being loved as she ever felt herself. Her shaking calm. Her heart steadied. She stepped closer till their hands were caught between them, caught between her heart and his. You haven't lost me. Are you sure? You deserve more than a guy like me, Bobby. You deserve everything. This uncertainty melted her. Then I deserve you. She went on her toes, pressed the slipstairs. And I'm more certain of that 
than I've ever been of anything in my life. She whispered. His hand slipped away from hers, but only to draw her against him in a fusion. I love you, Bobby Fairchild. His voice was lonely, and I didn't think I'd ever love anyone again. She twined her arms around his neck. Their heart so full it could have burst out of her chest. I love you, too. And then she drew her shaking breath, let it out, and an even shaking her song. When I told you to make it look good, I never expected this. He laughed and then slowly set her back onto her feet. Once upon a time, there was a kiss, he murmured. He gazed, rolled over her face, more warmer than any burst of sunlight could ever have been. Reached into his sunside pocket of his lapel, and the lucky guy called him Princess. He held out his hand, and a tiny jeweled hair clip sat on his palm. Bobby's chest tightened. I was wearing them the night of Fiona's birthday party. <laughs> it almost feels like a lifetime ago. He slowly lifted one of her curls and pinned it back with the clip. Fresh tears fell, but Bobby didn't care. She stared up in his face. A lifetime was ahead of us, she was a brand new story. He lifted her hand, kissing the finger that wore his ring. One with a white dress and a wedding ring to match this. She got a red and nodded. Yes, and we'll be together in every chapter. And when he smiled so slow and so easy, and drew her into his arms once more, she knew deep in her heart that this time they'd write their happy ending. They'd write it together. End of chapter 13.